our opening hymn <laughs> is Morning Has Broken and it will be performed by Scott Riley. You are no longer strangers and sojourners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Alleluia. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. A reading from the psalm. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, and speak of all his marvelous works. Glory in his holy name. 
Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Search for the Lord in his strength. Continually seek his face. Remember the marvels he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, O children of Jacob, his chosen. Israel came into Egypt, and Jacob became a sojourner in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people exceedingly fruitful. He made them stronger than their enemies, whose heart he turned so that they hated his people and dealt unjustly with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. Hallelujah. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A song of creation. Glorify the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, you angels, and all powers of the Lord, O heavens and all waters above the heavens, sun and moon and stars of the sky. Glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, every shower of rain and fall of dew, all winds and fire and heat, Winter and summer, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O chill and cold, drops of dew and flakes of snow, frost and cold, ice and sleet. Glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. The Lord, O nights and days, O shining light and enfolding dark, Storm clouds and thunderbolts glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let us glorify the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. A reading from Exodus. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, 
I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmaster. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, to the Hivites and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. The word of the Lord. The Song of Zechariah. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. My child shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. 
Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink, for by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. According to the Gospel of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake, will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? 
For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This is actually the first time I've dialed into a sermon, so um, you can give me feedback later. <laughs> uh, it's, it was actually so lovely to see the image behind Katya uh, because it brought me right back to January of 2008, uh, which is that on the steps of leading up to that altar, uh, I was ordained a priest by Bishop Nettie Rivera. And I think now I know uh, a few of the folks who are, who are on this call were actually there that day. And I hope I have not embarrassed you too much since then uh, and with what I'm about to say now. That day we observed the feast of the conversion of St. Paul. And we heard the story of how Saul of Tarsus and his vision of Jesus on the road to Damascus changed the world. We heard how Saul had set out that morning with hate in his heart and ended the day sightless and dumbfounded, trying to make sense of the new person that Jesus had asked him to be. That story so resonated with me, a young adult convert, that I have worn it as a mantle for many years. But lately, I have been more grateful for the rest of Paul's story. A more mature Christian knows that the mountaintop conversion experience lasts only until you come down the mountain and start doing the work that Jesus gave us to do. And that work is full of conflict and pain, even in Christian communities that profess to and genuinely love Jesus. For too many years, I have resisted that conflict. When someone's politics weren't to my liking, I first tried to persuade them I was right. Then I left when I failed to talk someone out of their deeply held beliefs and values. When a church leader didn't do ministry the way I liked, I tried to convince them that there was a right way and it was mine. When that didn't work, I would say, this church just isn't the right fit for me. I found it over and over again easier to withdraw from relationships rather than live with people in anxiety and conflict. Today, I can see how those choices to withdraw were sinful. I walked away from lessons the body of Christ was trying to teach me because I thought it was too hard to learn the lesson. Conflict is not something that God asks us to avoid. Conflict may even produce righteousness if we engage it with a spirit of love. So we wanna suggest this morning that conflict offers four gifts to individual Christians in our communities. First, Christian conflict teaches you that you are alive. Only dead people experience no threat to their egos. 
Only dead people never cry or yell. Only dead people fully yield or become invisible to the living. Conflict is the opposite of death. Christian conflict happens when living people trying to do the best they can bump into each other. Christian conflict teaches you that you are alive. Christian conflict also teaches you that you care. The funny thing about intense anxiety and anger is that they are actually opposite sides of the coin of peace and ecstatic love. The fullness of peace happens when we learn to exist in a broken world of anxiety. The fullness of love happens when we are both kind and angry, when we encounter unkindness. One gift of Christian conflict is the opportunity to have feelings about important things while continuing to extend loving kindness to others. Conflict teaches you that you have feelings, that you care. The third thing I think it teaches us uh, is that uh, Christian conflict tells us what are, where our priorities really lie. When you end a relationship over an argument, you're choosing some other more comfortable and validating relationship over the broken one. We feel more at ease with the less conflicted choice, but it may not reflect our best selves, the one God made us to be. Even our inner conflicts reveal the difference between our actions and what our behaviors have prioritized. So when we avoid conflict, we're really avoiding seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And that is not the Christian endeavor. Finally, Christian conflict teaches us that what we do impacts other people. If you have really managed through luck to reach some level of self-sufficiency in this world, you might be fooled into thinking that you are able to exist independently of other people or even God. Conflict, even at its simplest, most benign form, can be a searing reminder that what we do matters. It impacts other people. It shapes our reality. And boy, howdy, it matters to God. If we speak without care, other people feel hurt and God weeps. If we vote without care, our neighbors hurt and God weeps. If we hoard our treasure, the poor hurt and God weeps. Conflict, as unpleasant as it feels, is a potent reminder that what we do impacts other people and often not in the way we intended. So if conflict is so great for Christians, you might ask, why do we spend so much energy in the church and in the world trying to smooth it over and avoid it? I think there's a lot in St. Paul's very human story that points to why. After his conversion, Paul became a church planter, zealous to baptize and tell the story that broke his heart open. But that zeal was met with constant conflict. He was assailed by Roman authorities who worried about the nascent Jesus movement upending their stranglehold on political 
and military power. Paul engaged in regular conflict with other Christians. Some who knew Jesus initially doubted the veracity of his encounter with Jesus. He was just some crazy guy off the street who used to hurt them. Why should they believe him? Others were put off by Paul's stubborn insistence that even Gentiles could be dreamers of God's dreams, no less than James, Jesus' own brother, and Peter. Paul's letter to the church in Rome was probably drafted when he was on his way to Rome for the first time. And the passage we heard this morning is colored by Paul's growing expectation that the conflicts he was experiencing were worth running towards, not away from. He ran towards Rome, though he seemed to know it would eventually be the end of his earthly ministry. Paul's exhortations in the letter to the Romans might seem mutually exclusive from our human point of view. We might ask, how can someone hate what is evil, compete with others who are trying to be good and be at peace? Might not sound peaceful to us. That's a good question. Here and in other places, Paul suggests that before we were in Christ, we were dead. We were people who did not engage in real, honest conflict. We walked away from God and others when times got tough. We humans allowed the best of ourselves to be diminished by a fear of death, rather than a fear of never having really lived. So perhaps hating evil and competition are a part of healthy conflict that could produce righteousness. Paul greeted the conflict in Rome as a privilege. After writing his epistle to the church in Rome, he continued his missionary journeys, and on the way, he encountered another conflict and ended up in prison in Caesarea Philippi. He managed some sophisticated legal maneuvers, appealing to his status as a Roman citizen to afford him due process rights that other, uh, other Jews would not have been afforded. And his petition was granted by Governor Festus, who sent him on to Rome to be judged by Caesar. And that, friends, is the part of Paul's story that's just beginning to make sense to me. While he did not necessarily pick fights, Paul also did not shy away from the conflicts that would reveal he was alive in Jesus Christ. Paul didn't shy away from conflicts that gave him the chance to show Jesus's loving kindness in new and unexpected ways to new people he would have no reason to speak to or with. He didn't shy away from conflicts that revealed that his real priority was Jesus and the body of Christ gathered in his name. And most of all, Paul did everything, even engage in conflict, like God was watching because God was watching. And eventually, the whole world would read Paul's stories. He had an impact. Dear people of God, conflict is not our enemy. Evil and death are our enemy. Don't pick fights. But don't walk away from good fights, either. Christian conflict is a tool 
the tool we use to fight evil while bearing the banner of love. Take up the banner. Take up the cross. Amen. We continue with the Apostles' Creed on page 11. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. With wondrous love is this, O oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, O oh my soul? What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord this? Bear the dreadful curse for my soul. To bear that dreadful curse for my soul. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down beneath God's righteous frown, Christ laid upon his crown for my soul. Yes, Christ laid his crown for my soul. To God and to the Lamb I will sing, I will sing. To God and to the Lamb I will sing. God to the Lamb, who is the great I am. God to the Lamb, I will sing. And when from death I'm free, I will sing. And when from death I'm free, I will sing. And when from death I will sing, I will sing, I 
Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and bring forth in us the fruit of good works. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O oh God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you, that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life, we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for the church and the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and all of the nations in the ways of justice and peace that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in our, your mercy, hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, including those celebrating birthdays this week, Mary Williamson and Matt Parkinson. And grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort all affected by the fires, hurricanes, and the pandemic. Comfort and heal all those who suffer 
in body, mind, or spirit. Especially Karen Blankenship, Niall Clark, Diana Glenn, Diane Goodman, Lorna Hamill, Hannah Hooper, Rosemary Howell, Kathy Klein, Peter Mackenheimer, Michael Miller, Claire Parkinson, Pam Rhodes, Karen Rowley, Kyle Shelton, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, Lillianne Snow, William Victory, Bob Hayward, Michael Wandell, Julie Wiegand, and Peter Wiley. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died and those who mourn, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. If you would like any other prayers to be lifted up, I invite you to put those in the chat. Prayer of thanksgiving for having Arian back amongst us at Emmanuel and for Arian's beautiful sermon, it's immediately relevant. A prayer for strength to hear God's call to take on uncomfortable conflict under a banner of love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the continued health and safety of Reverend Elizabeth Riley and for baby boy Riley and for the Riley family that they would be close to you in your spirit this week and the weeks to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Prayer for Jacob Blake and his family and for the injustice that was done this week. God, may your justice be done. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And a prayer for all the families, for all children who are not going back to school this week, who are doing remote learning. Prayer for peace and patience for the parents and for comfort and joy for the children. Lord, in your love, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all, for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, and for the means of grace and for the hope of glory and we pray, 
give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts, we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. And our closing hymn is from Lift Every Voice and Sing, page 136. Uh, but this song is actually written by an Indian man who had just converted to Christianity. So I thought that was poignant to hear uh, Rev. Canon Arian's sermon today. Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Keep me, oh Lord, I need thy strength and power. To guide me over my darkest hour, just open my eyes, I can see. Lead me, oh Lord, won't you lead? Lead me, carry me along the way. If you lead me, oh, I cannot stray. 
Open my eyes, let me see. Open my eyes, let me see. Leave me alone, I want to be. Lost if you shake your hand for me. Blind without that light to see. Always let me die, sir. Lord, let always be my son. Lead me on the road to me. Lead me, guide me along the way. If you leave, I cannot stray. Just open my eyes, I can see. Open my eyes, I can see. Open my eyes, I can see.